My name is Pedro Vadar, and first of all, I would love to thank the organizers of this event for this space and for sharing with all of you. What I would like to share at this time is a personal testimony of what my encounter was like those first few times in the mountains of Oaxaca, my first mushroom ceremonies, what it was like to encounter this incredible generation of which Maria Sabina belonged to and what was the original use and intention of this sacred plant. And I also want to introduce you to Ayesha, my darling spirit sister, that's going to assist me with the translation. And also share with you music that I produce and with it frame the testimony. I'm hoping for us to journey together through time and the spaces of the sacred medicine. So please close your eyes and let's journey together. So, when I was around 14 years old, I arrived with my older brother to the mountains of Huautla, to a town in the lower um, foothills of the mountain. We arrived to the house of Don Polinche, who was more of a solitary man, a bit far away from all the houses from Rosapo, but he was very joyous. But it was here in the home of this fantastic man with long, thin beard and little glasses and skinny that I had my very first experience with the mushroom. Don Polinche wasn't an old school medicine man of the plant. He was just this really cool old guy who loved to receive all the kids and provide us with the mushrooms. My brother didn't predispose me. I was just left to my own devices. And there I was, all young, entering into super journey without any friction, without any drama. I more just entered into a state of inner silence, communion, and absolute presence. Hey, 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 hey,
de que that este estado de conciencia yo lo conocía por alguna razón Also, también tenía más bien, yo It was creo que fue desde la inocencia de un chavito de 14 años. Es que yo lo viví con la certeza total de que esto pues muy bien podría ser el estado de conciencia más perfecto ¿no? para un ser humano. Y más de un par de veces me preguntaba cómo era posible que nadie me había contado de esta experiencia. I had some very funny insights. For example, I felt or believed that we should have been taught this in school. To, uh, we, have, we should have been spoken about this type of such loving experience. La certeza que tenía de saber que ninguna cosa o propuesta o forma de vida se iba a poder comparar con este nivel de claridad y as though everything glowed with its own light, every scene bathed by an inner light, and every instant emanating a silent message where everything is in its perfect place. I knew that that light that bathed everything had always been there, and that it is we who have lost the perception of the essential. Ahí ya todo se vuelve There, percepción. Mis pensamientos My eran más bien emanaciones de luz. Emanations of light. And I knew everything was cada perfect. pensamiento, cada every movimiento, thought, every motion, cada sonido. Every sound. Más bien lo que más me impactó More fue darme cuenta que estaba yo recordando me, 
was to realize that I was remembering that this state was so familiar and that this moment was showing me the highest sense of the truth without any vision, just more from the clarity of that moment. Gracias te doy, las gracias te doy por abrirme el corazón a la sanación, abrirme al amor, por abrirme el corazón a la sanación, abrirme al amor. And as you may very well understand, at that age, to enter into the mushroom journey so directly can radically change your life. It can change your idea of reality. Um, it also moves a lot of things, a lot of values, a lot of sensations and feelings. Once well entered into the trip before dawn, I began to realize that the effect of the plant was beginning to wane and fade. Suddenly, I became very melancholic. My brother asked me why I seemed sad, especially if everything had been so beautiful and the night had been all of it so beautiful, it was a gift. I replied that I knew very well that that totality, that clarity that I felt was going to be forgotten, like when once awakened from a beautiful dream. What made me sad is to know from there how heavy, how dense, how ugly we can be as human beings in our day-to-day. Really, we are terrible when we want to be, and that for me was a very powerful insight, a shock. The insight of a young kid, just like that.
This was the first of many visits that I made to the Sierra and also to other places in Mexico where mushrooms grow or this type of mushroom. But in truth, Huautla was the center of my attention. Besides it also being the only place where it was known that this sacred ancestral native knowledge had been preserved and cultivated. important to mention that this Mazatecan Sierra, the mountains of Huautla, were the place where Maria Sabina was born and she lived her days. She had the role to open this knowledge to the whole world and this transformed her into the most famous shaman in all of Mexico. And at the same time, the very people in Huautla judged her as a traitor for having opened the door. Maria Sabina wasn't just a formidable healer, but also a truly exceptional and brave woman because she always remained humble and at the same time receiving all the most famous people in the world, people that would have a lot to do with the social change in humanity as a whole. I also believe, to be fair, that I need to mention that Maria wasn't the only wise one of that stature in those mountains. I always felt that it was a generation that was very special. In the 60s and 70s in Mexican lands, there was revealed a whole generation of seers and healers that let humanity know of the presence and the deep ancestral knowledge and they were the bridge and the bridges that welcomed and received this new generation of old souls and youthful bodies that arrived in those mountains. In the 1970s, Huautla had become a very attractive place for the whole world. And just like very famous people would arrive, like the Beatles or Bob Dylan or Walt Disney, there also arrived young boys and girls to experience the mushrooms and of course the people in Wildlife would welcome you and offer you home, food and of course the hallucinogenic mushroom trip. Wish
kama la kichishku kilistakni wish kama la kimililanka mililiwaka kama la ki kama la ki minka chikin kama la ki kwanijan minka Encontrarme con gente conectada me daba esperanza. Me gustaba de hecho escribir canciones Songs about these encounters. Esta generación This generation de hippies of hippies and seekers seem to have a sort of star. Perhaps even that same time in those years was a time of opening. Was a time that pushed young people from around the world to go to the encounter of the ancient civilizations and same ancient cultures. Maybe on my side, I was perceiving things from a different place, and I'd like to feel or see inside all of these different characters magical and fantastical people, people singing to life or writing poetry, or painting the world with more likelier colors, describing a more joyful world. was how bothered the people could feel when they would encounter someone from the, an outsider tripping during the day in the streets of the town. 
people who taught their children to avoid you and avert and cover their eyes if they ran into you while you were tripping. Simply for the Mazatecs, it was unthinkable to eat mushrooms and then go for a walk amongst the people. In the 70s, Wadla became straight up a sort of trip market. You could arrive on the bus and it was very usual to run into a little kid or a teenager offering you to rent the cabin and the mushrooms. You could also find on the menu poppy seed, virgin seed, marijuana, and of course the mushroom ceremony. In those years, all these um, situations are very new. Wautla had a far more picturesque quality. This encounter of indigenous cultures with all the hippies that would go up made it very unique and on the other hand it also made it very mystical. One of these pictures, in fact, in order to get there, you'd have to catch a pretty rustic bus from a little town called Teotitlan del Camino, which is the town that is right before you begin to climb up the mountains. Well, this bus, usually the departure time was four in the morning, Seguro te iba a agarrar so often the arriba, um, travelers or the indigenous people would even have to Ahí spend the night eh, at the bus station in order to get on the bus at dawn. And the experience of taking this bus was the sensation of getting on a magic bus.
estaba en el autobús sentarme con los mazatecos. En el bus, to sit me mucho near the Mazatec. I really loved listening to Pero their tongue. It's very musical. But I also love climbing on the bus in that basket up there where people have their bundles and their turkeys and their chickens. And you could ride up there looking at the mountains, the Sierra, the fog, the immensity. spend the night on the road and on the 24th of December and at, in the afternoon and evening something extraordinary happened I began to hear people whistling and they were conversing with whistles they began communicating from mountain to mountain and everybody everything turned on the birds the dogs it was like an incredible moment of celebration and joy with this beautiful sunset and there was everybody connecting in the mountains a moment before i had been feeling a little sad because i was alone on christmas but in that moment I was enveloped all that joy, the joy of the people whistling everywhere. It was Christmas in the mountains, a moment of celebration.
navidades en Wildlife were always toda, great cada una for me. Fue muy Each one was always very different. Pero no era But raro it que wasn't odd for people to invite me to go and spend it at their house and I would find myself surrounded by all the women as they were preparing the food, the offering with their traditional dress with piles and in some occasions it was very funny to see the men coming into the kitchen where the food was being prepared they would all get in line up against the wall And without saying anything, they would just fold their arms across their chest and fall asleep. Those scenes were very, very fun for me to see them there with their arms folded across their shirts, snoring with their hats on their faces, just sleeping, waiting for the women to finish cooking everything. And also, sometimes having a really great talk with the hosts of the house and having a little drink and celebrating simply. In the end, in one or another Christmas, I enjoyed eating mushrooms, not so strong, but yes, having a journey and being able to feel peace the next morning and Christmas and after everybody's asleep and all the drunkards are gone and the crackers gone. Sometimes I'd like to go with my friends and maybe with a girlfriend. But undoubtedly I'd love to go to the house of a man called Don Victor. He lived with his family, with his children, at the very highest part of the town. Really his house was just a few steps from the crest of the mountain. And there the vistas were very beautiful. You could be feeling how the clouds passed by you or how the eagles would fuse with the fog and I suppose I must have looked like a young stoner with my friends tripping in Wautla and on the one hand I do feel I had a special fascination with going to Wautla and with connecting with this journey but I also like going with my friends and bringing music, bringing the guitars and eating the mushrooms behind the home of Don Victor and enjoying of the experience in that way sometimes not so much because in reality tripping in that way is like getting on a roller coaster and sometimes it's amazing and sometimes the light goes out and you get really freaked out and well it was that typical way of the young city kids uh, tripping with this experience that is so powerful of the mushroom if you don't know how to use them.
cualquier manera, In any case, I believe that I always lived this whole process from the beginning with a lot of gratitude above all and to feel that each one of those moments were creating a sort of necklace of precious beads and each one containing the memories of amazing places, ancient cities, fantastic beings and also realizing that I am as well part of all those universes that I remember perfectly. A few years later, while being at Don Victor's house with my friends, on one occasion, Don Victor pulled me by the arm and asked to speak with me. And he began to tell me, saying that the next time that I come, it would be best if I came by myself without my friends. He felt that they were coming mostly to play and in exchange he offered to teach me how to use the mushroom the way the Mazatec do. He told me that the mushrooms are a game that on the in their work and it is a medicine and that sometimes it can even hurt but it is purifying your soul and it is allowing to connect with your consciousness to connect with God Don Victor was direct but he said it to me in such a beautiful way that yes in effect there began a new stage And yes, from that moment on began a new cycle for me, eating mushrooms in a way in which I had never experienced them. It was really a gift that Don Victor had opened from his point of view to me the way to eat mushroom. One thing that he opened to me was the way in which I could employ the copal not just as an incense that smells delicious, but more as a cleansing agent, a smudge for the space where you're going to journey, cleanse yourself, cleanse your mushrooms, cleanse your face, also clear your thoughts and prepare for your ceremony. 
as an act of communion, an act of reverence. Also, there is a powder called San Pedro that people tend to use as a protector, and it is finely ground tobacco into a powder which you spread on your arms and on your face and your belly button, and it is used as protection or repellent of negative energies. It is a type of medicine that protects you from shadows that can come into your journey, into your ceremony. It would seem that tobacco has a link with the mystery with the unseen. There are places that when tobacco is with you, it opens and begins to pull threads in the unseen. And an important element in the ceremony is your offering beyond the flowers and the candles or all of the paraphernalia. It is the presence of cacao. Don Victor used to say to me that it was important to bury the cacao seeds in the ground before your ceremony. And it turns out that this is a way of connecting with the Lord of the Mountain that the people call the Chikonando Tokosho. The elders used to speak of him as a writer, a midnight writer, surrounded by many people. But when I experienced him, it turned out to be a brilliant light that it almost annihilated me. Of the things that Don Victor taught me was the use of the candle. He put a lot of attention in this. He used to say to me that the candle was a bit of a gauge of your own consciousness, of where I was at, if I was scattered, or if I was entering into true experience of the journey. He led me to see that the candle is a sort of mirror of what's going on in you. It warns you when it is wavering too much, when the halo becomes dull or pale, something is going on inside of you where you're deviating. And also, I began to realize that when the halo of the candle completely disappears, when that bubble disappears and all that's left is the motionless, absolutely clear flame, it's as if it's telling you or you're telling yourself that you are in, that you're turned on. 
Finally, for Don Victor, I think the most important thing was being able to focus in your intention. In his words, he would invite me to give myself to God, to invite him to cleanse me, to help me to clarify my thoughts, to see my life, to see my actions, and also to order my relationships. Es como si en algún momento comienzas a conectar moment you begin ese, to connect ese movimiento tan sencillo que es tener una ofrenda o enterrar el cacao en la tierra con los actos de tu vida. Of your life. Te das cuenta porque and you realize this because at least to me what happened is that one or two days before es que going on a journey I would become todo. more conscious y of everything todo, and when I say everything I mean of my entire life of how I was living up to that moment 
Aquí es donde el sentido original de lo que es una ofrenda toma forma, toma dimensión. And dimension. Porque obviamente, because pues me obviously que we, esa ofrenda tenía que ser I realized that that offering had to be the symbol and the result of the acts of my life. That the true offering is something that, in the depth you are offering to yourself no every day, not as an act of sacrifice, neither as an act of guilt. En realidad, yo tenía que but I really de, needed to find a way to do it more for love. Y claro, por el placer and de of course con otra, for the pleasure of connecting with a different way of perceiving no and here there is no need to create que ser, ¿no? foundations or belief systems but más more of what connects medicina. you with the most highest states and these states I needed to feed them in myself and it wasn't precisely through needing to take the road of sacrifice simply they would have to be falling off of me like when scabs fall when the new skin grows for those grandmothers and grandfathers the presence of the Christian elements was important and many of them have been able to connect and be receivers of the essence of this message. On the other hand, for many of us, it hasn't been easy to assimilate all of this syncretism, and I suppose we have had to learn to filter the backlash of religion and dogma, like separating the grain from the straw.